Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest, another show. Thanks so much for listening, supporting us here as we talk. Emerald Downs Thoroughbred Racing in the 2020 year, and we extend out a little bit. Not too much, but when it applies, we will. Joe Withy, Vince Prune, and Wes Petrie, our marketing manager and producer of Horse Racing Northwest. Another week of simulcasting, another week of racing at Emerald Downs. Once again, we go at... Uh, we're going to go about 225 on Tuesday, excuse me, excuse me, 225 on Wednesday, Pacific time, 225 first race this coming Wednesday, and then we'll go at 5 p.m. on Thursday, and we have a stakes double header coming up, Vince. We do. We've got the two-year-old center stage this week with the WTBOA lads and the Barber Shinpo on Thursday, both at six and a half furlongs, interesting distance, then next week. Three-year-old time. We got the Muckleshoot Derby and the Washington Oaks on September 3rd, and then followed by September 10th, Long Acres Mile Time, and also the Emerald Distaff. Mile day, mile night, Thursday, September 10th. Once again, uh, this won't be included in the trivia question because we've been saying it quite a bit, but uh, a first weekday for the mile and the first under the lights for the Long Acres Mile. I'd say it's hard to imagine that but we've imagined so many things that are hard to imagine this year especially here at the track that i can it kind of all makes sense to me now joe that the mile will be on a thursday noms close a week from saturday september 5th uh just checking so we will know uh about 10 days the noms for the mile are you sure about that well according to the uh condition book that is when they close okay any questions check with the race office on when nominations close uh 
I thought I saw this Sunday, August. Well, we'll double check that. Okay. So yeah. we'll make sure on okay. that. But anyway, they're closing soon, and yes. it's time to talk the mile and the distaff. And then next week we got the uh, Oaks and the Derby. Always a couple of fun races here too. You better believe it. Uh, and the two-year-old races are loaded this week. The as Vince said, the WTBOA lads race seven on Thursday, and the Barber Shinpo race nine on Thursday. Uh, we'll be talking about those with Tom Wenzel, who is involved in both races. Tom will be joining us, and before that, Keith Swaggerty, owner, breeder, uh, racetrack fan, thoroughbred racing, and he has now written a book, Vince. He has, and you and I got a sneak preview on that one, and uh, it's called Swagsational. Uh, of course, that was a hot three-year-old earlier this year for uh, Keith and his wife, Jan, down in uh, Phoenix, won a series of big races in a short amount of time. We actually went to Santa Anita, competed in a race Reading the book, yeah, a lot of fun. Keith, a real classy gentleman. Uh, always enjoy his company and chatting racing with him here at the track. Yeah, so we'll talk about his life in racing mostly, and again, specifically the book Swagsational, and it's really centered around naming all of the horses that they have either purchased or raised, bred, and raced, and uh, it's really quite interesting. You, It's a different angle for the uh topic of a book sure is they've come up with some good ones too uh, some interesting names though one of the ones we remember of course no flies on doodle a really nice filly here a few years back for yeah. keith and actually you know keith did set a record uh since broken for most wins here at a meet i believe in 2009 when he won i think 27 or 28 races so yeah. he's had a lot of success he has uh and he stood liberty gold who was having his last couple of runners at emerald downs this year so Swagsational, the name of the book. We'll have more about that with Keith Swaggerty, Tom Wenzel, our guest today on Horse Racing Northwest. And we talked about this week. We are looking forward to racing action. Let's uh, turn the page back to last week for just a moment. Vince uh, called me and suggested, hey, maybe we should get Nick Lowe on because Vince does the morning line. He works hard at it on the weekend uh, as we draw entries on Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, you said, hey, Nick Lowe is really set up pretty good for these quarter horse races. At least uh, I think he's going he's gonna to have the favorite in all three events. And uh, darned if he didn't have a pretty good week, Vince. He did. You know, he won the CM once in a blue moon, easily won the, the distance challenge as the big favorite. Then running one, two, the, actually the second choice, lose, lose. Louisiana Bunny. It's not Louisiana. I, oh. I learned that writing it. It's, okay. it's missing an I in there. Louisiana Bunny uh, beat CM Dillingham Advice. Uh, the latter actually was favored, but ran a good race, got knocked around pretty good at the start. And uh, Louisiana Bunny got the jump and got the money. And then in the big one, CM Boom Shakalaka. Boy, the money in came in late. He was a favorite, but he really got hammered late. And uh, he won like a good thing in the uh, Bank of America Emerald Channel Championship. Yeah, so three for three for Nick Lowe and our three-quarter horse stakes last week. Uh, $20,000 pot followed by a $30,000 pot. And then the big one, the Bank of America Challenge Championship at $40,000. Congratulations to Nick Lowe. And I don't know, did you mention he ran one, two in the two-year-old stake? He did, yeah. yeah. Louisiana Bunny beat yeah. uh, CM Dillingham Advice. So okay. uh, Chris Sutton, the owner of two of those winners and runner-up in the other one. So congrats all around there. Great stuff from Nick Lowe, who's also racing thoroughbreds as well. And uh, do you know who our leading sire of races one was last week? 
I think you do because uh, you include all this stuff. Well, no, you have the season total on the website every week. By the way, go to emeralddowns.com. It's up today already. Vince updates uh, his news and notes on Tuesday of the week now. Awesome information there, Vince, every week. Yeah, I think, wasn't it Harbor the Gold again last week? Yeah, he's inked up the 21 wins at the meet. So uh, yeah. another outstanding season for him, and he's got some of the stakes races again this week, too. He does. Harbor the Gold uh, with three winners last week. Uh, Coast Guard had a couple, and then uh, a whole bunch with one winner as far as sires go. And Harbor the Gold, of course, just passed Little Dew as Emerald Downs' all-time leading sire of races one, starting in... Of course, 1996. Um, weekly honors for last week. Yeah, well, Nick Lowe, obviously. Yeah. We win three stakes. You got to be trainer of the week. And uh, he actually outdid Frank Lucarelli the week before, had two stakes wins. And uh, Nick with the big week. Jordy Scriber, Joe and Apprentice, she's, she, she's kind of improving. I've noticed her on a few rides. So she's our jockey of the week. And she's got a pretty busy lineup this coming week, 19-year-old. And uh, seems to be learning her craft pretty well, improving. And she's our Jockey of the Week. Chad and Josh, Chad Christensen, Josh McKee, our leading owners at the meet, are the owners of the week. And then Camden High, kind of fittingly, is our Wabred of the Week. Wabred of the Week, uh, Keith Swaggerty, homebred and a winner for the Swag Stable. She has run some good races and uh, all the way to first place for her this past week. Yeah. Uh, Jory Scriver aboard. She's a grinder in that eighth race last Thursday at 22 to one. Really fine ride coming up the rail. It was. And I watched the replay, the head on replay of that. And she, you know, it opened up nicely for her. And like I said, she's, you know, when you're young like that, sometimes you have to take the mounts. Sometimes other people don't want, but you know, she's gone, she's hit the board with quite a few long shots and she's already got a couple wins. So, uh, she's been a welcome addition. Yep. Apprentice Jory Scriver, our jockey of the week. She's a grinder owned and trained by Billy Christian, a nice winner, uh, one of our many 10-to-1 winners, which percentage, it's still over 15% of our races. Uh, the wow. favorites went up a little bit last week. We had a few ex- more. I think it was nine for the week, wasn't it? Nine, seven thoroughbred favorites, okay. two for three in the quarter horses. The favorites up over 30% finally at the meet in thoroughbreds, but still well under 33%, which is kind of the, you know, the universal uh, batting average for favorites. Okay, and... Uh, Last week, nationally, Washington Breds, Bodenheimer, a son of Attaboy Roy, trained by Valerie Lund, purchased at the WTBOA sale of 2019, is now two for two after a win in the Prairie Gold Juvenile last Saturday. And his earnings of uh, 44000 plus put him number one among Washington Breds for this season. So there's an Attaboy Roy, another from Val Lund. She, of course, had Mr. Jaegermeister. Mm-hmm. And Attaboy Roy. Attaboy Roy himself. She picked him out, and uh, the story goes uh, with Roy Schaefer, they were prepared to go up to near 30000 on the bidding, and they got him for, I believe, 5700 And uh, Val goes, Attaboy Roy! And that's what they named the horse. He turned out to be one of uh, the state's all-time greats. Great one. And then how about Baja Sur running running in the green flash handicap at Del Mar? You know, I said to you after the race, and you agree, Joe, that horse, he's he's got a big win on his resume coming up somewhere because he, he is classy, and he's fast, he really tries hard. He beat everyone, but he couldn't hold off Chaos Theory, the favorite, uh, who blew by him all late. But 
Baja Sur really stuck his neck out there to get second in a grade three. So congratulations to him. Another nice effort by uh, Baja Sur. On the grass. On the grass, yeah. He's won on the synthetic at Golden Gate. Still five for 10 lifetime, and yep. he's a hard, he's a hard-hitting horse. And I'm still, you know, at some point, maybe they'll try to stretch him out, but why bother when he's running so good uh, short? So, And I got an email from John Loftus reminded me that Fast Parade won the Green Flash Handicap, a great Washington bread, several years ago. Did he set a record in that race? I he think might, so, I think yeah. He did. Yeah, he ran an unbelievable race about 2006, Fast I think. Fast Parade still holds the record for the fastest two-year-old time for six furlongs in Emerald Downs history, 108 flat in yeah. the Washington Cup. He, he was a, a really fast horse. Um, yeah, so Baja Sur, 10 starts lifetime, five wins, three seconds, and a third he just ran second on the grass. He's won on the synthetic at Golden Gate. He is undefeated at Emerald Downs, four for four. He's defending Washington Horse of the Year. Uh, do you think Blaine's thinking at all about the mile? I mean, the horse would have to come out bouncing and kicking yeah. and jumping. <laughs> well, you know, the good trainers, they're always keeping their options, thinking like that, you know, Joe. I'd probably be a little too back fast, you know, for him, I'm thinking. But, you know, it's a $100,000 race in your backyard. You know, you got to at least think about it. I don't know how yeah. seriously, but yeah, it would be asking a lot. But I would love it. And if they tried, it would sure add some oh. uh, luster to the race. Yeah. Well, you're right. It's back in a uh, little more than two weeks. And uh, it's also would be his first two-turn race. So there's some questions there for sure. Nonetheless, Baja Sur doing well, our Washington defending horse of the year. Good stuff from a couple Washington breads in other states, and I believe Baja Sur's number two in earnings. Yes, he is on your list there. Uh, yeah, up to uh, just under forty thousand. Swag Sational is third, and uh, of course, a lot of stakes coming up at Emerald Downs where those rankings can change for the better for the connections. And uh, let's talk to a connector, a big part of Washington racing in Emerald Downs history. We're going to take a short break and come back with Keith Swaggerty here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit a national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and we're going to have our guest on in just a moment, but we did verify the nomination closing date for the Long Acres Mile. Correct. It was the uh, 30th, which is, what, this Sunday. So we, uh, nominations, you're right, Joe, are closing what will be 11 days out from the mile. The mile on Thursday, September 10th. Uh, nominations close Sunday, the 30th of August. Yep, and uh, the weights will be out by that following Wednesday. So some mile news there, and let's go to our uh, guest phone line 
and bring on our first guest on Horse Racing Northwest, this particular podcast show, and it is Keith Swaggerty. Keith, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you both. Hey, good thank you. here. Yeah, good to have you on. Keith is such a familiar face at Emerald Downs, uh, has his farm just uh, down the southeast uh, a couple of miles and uh, loves coming to the races, loves participating. He's a breeder. He is an owner. He is a horse player and he has stood a stud at his farm, breeds his mares. Keith, uh, you've really got full commitment to thoroughbred racing here in Washington. Well, it gives me a lot to do. I'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you've lived a full life. uh, uh, Shoot, uh, most of you know, you can you can spot swag in a crowd because he is a full six foot seven. And seeing some of those pictures in your book, which we are going to get to, you could get off the ground in the old days, man. <laughs> you got up in the yeah. air. I could. I, uh, I, I could get up uh, with no steps. <laughs> when uh, the people do, do these 360s, you know, they take about five or six steps and then get up. Uh, you give me three or four extra steps, it doesn't improve my jump. But uh, with no steps uh, and going up, of course, that's what rebounding is about. You don't have an extra two steps for a rebound. Keith is in the University of Pacific Hall of Fame. Keith, you actually played against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Lou Alcindor at the time, right? That's correct. We, we played uh, to get into the final four. And... Um, we both won the first games of our uh, of the uh, Sweet Sixteen or, and the Eight, and then we had to get to the Four. So, uh, of course, UCLA didn't lose any games that season. So they were that pretty took good. Care ba- of us. Yeah, they were pretty good back then. Uh, <laughs> yes, Lou Alcindor went eighty-eight and two in his three years at UCLA with three national championships, and also. Yeah, well, Keith- uh, they only he only played three uh, years. Yeah. Also, so. exactly. <laughs> you uh, are now Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seahawks. Everyone knows he also went to Pacific. Did you guys overlap at all? No, he was a year after me, but we know each other from UOP gatherings and history, etc. So Keith grew up in a rural setting there in uh, Northern California. He. Uh, played basketball against the world's best in high school and as a pro in Europe and the ABA, and uh, now has been involved in thoroughbred racing and breeding, and his book is really interesting. How interesting could a book be on the naming of a thoroughbred? Well, it is pretty darn interesting, and uh, that was the premise behind the book, Keith, correct? Well, uh Yes and no. Uh, that certainly is a big part of it. Um, uh, the swag-sational horse that came from losing every race at Emerald Downs 5 and then going on it to winning the two biggest uh, three-year-old stakes races at Turf Paradise uh, put the book in perspective of going from nothing to something. And, uh, and then, of course, the... the 13 of the the book is about 13 horses that I chose and uh, a big part of it is how they're all named and then how they all go through their ups and downs and my granddaughter gave me the idea for it when she was just four and Hmm. she uh, told her uh, playmates uh, 
uh, you win some, you lose some, <laughs> get over it. And that was uh, something she uh, figured out from playing poker with me at age four. Wow. And so that stuck into in my mind for a long time. And then the pandemic hit, and I retired from my, sold my financial practice uh, uh, to my partners. And then they closed Turf Paradise down, so I was left with a, a lot of time. Well, uh, a lot of time, and uh, those horses take time. Those young horses that are uh, bred and raised at the Swag Farm, just southeast of Emerald Downs, in Auburn address, uh, and I've been to that place, a beautiful place, uh, your house. Actually, you can look right out on a couple of little paddocks, little pastures, and you can keep yes, track I'm of Yes, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> and I'm looking at three, uh, you know, year, uh, yearling colts who will go down to the farm and get broken in October. But right now they just run free and... Uh, have a fun life. That's great. The book is called Swagsational, and uh, it uh, covers a lot of the horses that Keith has raised and named and raced, and uh, your family history is deeply ingrained in so much of your life, which is really nice to read, uh, and uh, I enjoyed the whole thing. Vince? Yeah, that's what I was going to say too, Keith, is it really, for the Swaggerties, thoroughbred racing is very much a family affair. Yeah, like the book says, uh, I take all the grandchildren to the quarter shoot and have our breakfasts and watch the horses work out. And uh, of course, on race day, uh, we've had a lot of fun. And you've uh, been such a big supporter, bringing out uh, your financial office uh, and SPU. We didn't say that. Keith was a successful coach of Seattle Pacific University there in the 70s to the early 80s after his playing career ended. Um, and you uh, you beat Seattle U there in the 70s at one point, Yeah, they you? had a very good team. That was one of our fun uh, games, beating Olenek, who was the leading scorer in the nation at CLU at the time. Wow. And then we almost did it back-to-back, but we missed the last second shot. But anyway, one of the fun horses I'm looking at in the backyard right now is a bunch of my old players. Uh, we get together at Emerald Islands on the first Saturday of August uh, every year, except for this year. And we had a little naming contest, hmm. and I... Uh, Kept the first uh, Lord Locke of our uh, uh, offspring, and uh, we had a little naming contest, and we had about 30 uh, choices. I narrowed it down to about five, and they finally picked Fly Falcon Fly. So that horse, uh, hopefully, a year from now, will be running at Emerald Downs. That's great. How about Camden High, our uh, Washington Bread of the Week? Oh, is it? Well, I didn't. You're the first to tell me that, and that's exciting to hear because uh, Camden High then is where I went to high school. Ah, and, we knew there was uh, a story. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so th- through the pandemic, I haven't really been in touch with them except for you know the 25th anniversary and that kind of thing. Oh, but they started a, a Zoom chat uh, every week. And then I got involved with that and then uh, told them we named the horse after him. And then 
we put together a, a, a little corporation and a bunch of my old high school uh, uh, friends uh, are owners of the horse. And so. Camden High, yeah, two-year-old winner, and you took the blinkers off. She ran a couple of good races. You put blinkers on, and I saw you shortly after that race, and uh, uh, changes, experiments don't always work, you said, so we know what to do, and then she just came out and uh, pretty much kicked, kicked butt last week. Yeah, but you didn't believe it. You didn't pick her first. <laughs> I know it. I, third, and I picked her the last couple of times, too, and she I ran well. It. So, yeah, I was. Uh, I guess I didn't listen to Keith. But the name of the book, Swagsational, and uh, a little bit about Swagsational, the horse, uh, just got off to such a slow start in his two-year-old career at Emerald Downs last year, and uh, it was pretty much a last-chance effort that uh, kept him on the track, wasn't it, according to the book? Yeah. Yeah, it certainly was. First of all, Swagsational is a big, beautiful horse. And uh, my granddaughter, Faith, my son's uh, daughter, gave me the name. So I, I gave her a, a letter name a horse and give, hmm. uh, gave me a name. And so I wanted to save it for a horse that I thought, you know, could be good. Mm-hmm. And so this was the one I picked. And it goes to Emerald Downs. It can't pass one horse. Or it did pass one. I'm not sure if it got out of the gate or not. But anyway, <laughs> uh, then uh, uh, Station went down, and we were really excited about the horse after uh, it went through some terrible rides by jockeys and uh, finally got in the stream of winning, and, the, and Cassie down there uh, ran it for three straight victories, including two stakes races. And we thought it could run forever, and it loved the grass. Mm-hmm. And we even took it to the San Felipe uh, stakes there at um, Santa Anita, and we're hoping to see if it could really close. Unfortunately, uh, when it went into the uh, receiving barn, uh, apparently they drew blood, and that didn't set very well with the horse. It just came out uh, washed up before the race even began. And so, anyway, it had a little chip in its knee. Uh, it didn't affect its running because it uh, ran three races and won three in a row with the chip. But because there was no racing in the pandemic, uh, sent it to Washington State, had the chip removed, uh, gave it three months off. And uh, now it's back at Canterbury. Had a very successful first workout, 35 and three furlongs. And just this morning, went four furlongs and 47. And the trainer, Heath uh, Lawrence, says he's back better than ever. So that's pretty exciting to hear. Swagsational was uh, sensational at the Phoenix meet. Uh, Beat some good two-year-olds and then three-year-olds with those three straight wins, and uh, Keith was pretty sure he didn't have much chance when he saw him coming out of the paddock just dripping wet at Santa Anita, and he didn't run well there. But uh, he is uh, back on the racetrack, getting ready to resume his career. Wow, that was a fantastic turnaround. We were rooting for you through the winter. It was a, a really good time for Washington Bread. In fact, he was the leading Washington Bread earner for the year, even with uh, – the purse uh, disqualification there in the one race, um, 
until just this past weekend when Bodenheimer and Baja Sur passed him. So, Keith, uh-huh. fantastic. Uh, the book is called Swagsational, and where can you pick up the uh, book? Amazon, Amazon.com. It's uh, on their uh, Kindle and in the uh, uh, paperback. Very good. And uh, Vince? Well, we would be remiss. Thursday's race three, Keith. We see uh, Liberty Gold, Philly, Liberty Flies, second time starter that me and Joe, we always love those. Uh, six to one, you drew the rail. What do you think? Well, she didn't get out very well last time. And so uh, we're hoping that she can get out uh, good this time. And maybe if she gets out good, she'll go uh, gate to wire. Who knows? Yeah, this is, uh, you mentioned Liberty Gold's last crop. Camden High is a daughter of Liberty Gold, and boy, you've done well with him, with Mike Mann's Gold, No Flies on Doodle, and so many more. You really helped put him on the map after he changed over to uh, your area. So congratulations there. You stuck with him. He was good, and uh, good luck with your uh, last crop from Liberty Gold. By the way, Swagsational, sired by Gallant Sun, mm-hmm. who was an outstanding horse up and down the West Coast, champion two-year-old here at Emerald Downs. Keith? Uh, He's standing at our place. Okay, that's a great segue. Exactly. Gallant Sun <laughs> standing at uh, Swag Stables in Auburn. So, And we're trying to make another Swagsational out of the bully steam out of the, the mare. Very good. Keith, uh, great support of Washington Racing. We always root for you because uh, you give back and uh, you try hard as you have your whole life and uh, an accomplished life it's been. Uh, thanks for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. Thanks, Keith. Keith Swaggerty, right. our guest on Horse Racing Northwest. Tom Wenzel's going to join us later. Uh, yeah, so, so many stories on the book uh, going back to couple generations in Keith's family and of course the granddaughter named uh, Swagsational himself uh, it's darn interesting reading uh, and it's it all is centered and, around Washington and Keith being a coach you know he understands that thoroughbreds are athletes and he kind of takes that perspective in breeding and in, and in the training of them and all that and in the time off they need at the That's farm right. and it's just first rate outfit and keith and and jan they're what thoroughbred racing is really all about here in the state of washington i really mean that they are just uh, great people yep. to have involved you are correct uh they love it again they bring out uh, their financial offices ex spu players uh, family uh, generations you see them at the quarter shoot cafe you see them uh, in the paddock and watching the races and rooting uh yeah it's it, it's been a fantastic addition okay time for some stats and i'm going to go to the pick five uh six of the top 10 pick five handles in track history have been at this 2020 meeting we have had some great pick fives of course we're setting records on handle uh, as emerald downs is well placed on wednesday and thursday for national attention it's been working out really well so the pick five handle has been great and uh, vince uh, you keep track of all the payoffs Uh, it looks like I think it's four out of our top, uh, well, four very high payoffs in the pick five this year. We haven't set the record yet. That record is 37,900, a payoff last year, but we've had a 32,000, we've had a 27,000, a 22,000, a 19,000, 
It's, that is correct. Four nineteen plus in the last three weeks. We've yeah. also had a jackpot pick seven, pay twenty seven grand. So I mean, the payoffs have been there. So it's just been an amazing year in in terms of uh, mutual handle and also in mutual payoffs. Yeah. So the pick five, the last five races at Emerald Downs, fifty cents to get in. Uh, handle is great. It's a good pool to wager into. We've had a lot of uh, 10 to 1 winners or so, but uh, you can include a lot of horses on a 50 cent minimum. And uh, those that have, and many have been well rewarded with the pick five at Emerald Downs this year. How about a stat from yourself? Well, a, a couple of them. Uh, we're up to 82 claims at the mm-hmm. main, which is about four and a half a day. So a lot of action at the claim box. Uh, aggregate $553,000 invested in claims. Wabred's still doing good, 96 of 184 in the thoroughbred ranks. That's over 52%, so that's good to see. And a couple of the runners in the stakes this week. Dutton, first-time starter, is out of Miss Moscow. Maddie, who is younger brother of Bullet Drill, who is going to be favored, or one of the favorites on our Wednesday feature race. That's a heck of a race. And John's on point, who is also uh, in the Lad Stakes. The morning line favorite in the Lad Stakes is the younger brother of Coastal Tulips, uh, a winner last week and a double winner at the meet, a five-year-old uh, mare. So uh, a couple of interesting uh, bloodlines in the in the Lad Stakes this week. Yeah, and that mare that you're speaking of, Marque, Marque Formula, Market Formula by Marquetry, uh, she had a yearling at the sale just last week as well. I think that yearling went for a pretty good price with John's on point winning and Marcula a couple years back, a really good three-year-old filly and coastal tulips. Okay, so speaking of the stake and John's on point, Tom Wenzel is the trainer of John's on point. We're going to take a short time out and come back with him as a guest. He is involved in both stakes on Thursday, the Shinpo and the Lads. We'll do that in a moment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest, and Tom Wenzel is joining us presently on the podcast. Tom has had an outstanding training career. He has had a whole lot of ups at Emerald Downs. One record is a horse that he trained, and she is the has the highest uh, undefeated streak to start a career in track history. We're speaking of Stop Shopping Debbie she won all nine of her starts at Emerald Downs, nine for nine to begin a career here at the track, and just so many stakes memories for Tom and Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Wes Petrie here, Horse Racing Northwest, Tom Wenzel there. Tom, uh, more stakes activity for you this week. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Joe. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us, and it was good to see you back at the WTBOA sale last week. You had a little bit of a, a heat issue, didn't you, last week? Uh, I did. I experienced some minor dehydration. Mm. It got, got me a little bit lightheaded and a little woozy, and so um, I just felt kind of numb for uh, in my head area. And I just didn't feel very well. Anyway, they checked me out and everything is okay. And I just uh, 
didn't drink enough water and did a few, uh, drank a couple uh, uh, energy drinks in mm. the morning, and that those would dehydrate you more than anything. And uh, so probably just you know training, sail, lack of sleep, a lot of things led up to it, and I uh, <clears throat> I snapped out of it, and I feel fine now. But it was. Something that happened, and I have to make some changes. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, and it was so good to see you back at the sale the day that you did experience that, and everything's fine since then. So, yeah, make the changes. And, Tom, moving on, and just some really good chances on Thursday in these stakes with these juveniles. John's on point and Captain Dashy in the lads. Race number seven, John's on point on the inside, Captain Dashy on the outside, both with big reasons for promise. Tom, uh, tell us about both those individuals. Well, let's start with John's on point. He's in the one gate. John came up to his first race uh, you know, in, in really good shape, and we knew he had a, quite a bit of speed uh, for, for the, the colt he is. And he, uh, he broke out of the gate decently, got to the front that day, or dueled for a little while, shook a horse off, and I helped sway down the lane, and we were. I, I had worked this horse a number of times early this year, kind of the shorter distance, and I really liked him. And then he kind of caught had a little bit of congestion in the middle part of the meet where I had to slow down on him, and and then just kind of got him ready. I would have had him ready a little earlier if uh, if that wouldn't happen. But we're excited about him. He ran a good race. And, you know, I think he beat some decent colts. I know the other horse I had in the race who ran third. We thought decently of him as well. So, and John was a horse that Lance and uh, myself had kind of spotted at the sale last summer and liked him quite a bit. Uh, and was hoping he would he would have the speed uh, that he showed the other day. Yeah, that was an impressive race. You know, I of course myself and Vince basically handicap all of our races at Emerald Downs. Vince does the morning line, and that was a loaded field. Coastal Jazz, who nearly won the stake. Uh, he came out of that into the race. He was the favorite, understandably so, but there were some firsters in there, including two from you, and yours both ran so well. John's on point dominated uh, the race. Actually, uh, Captain Dashy coming out of a different race. Uh, he, he debuted in the stake. But John's on point was awesome. He's by a barrage out of market formula and uh, just outstanding speed. And from the one post, you're going to be looking for a sharp start on Thursday, I'm sure. Yeah, you, you hope, hope so, and you can maintain the, maintain the fence position. And uh, you know, One thing about when you put a lot of babies together, you, you, uh, you're down on the one gate, you load early, so you've got to wait in there a while. Mm. So he's, a good, he's well-behaved in the gate, this horse, but... You know, sometimes you're sitting there. Occasionally, one can get a little sleepy on you as far as breaking breaking as sharp as you would like him. But he's been a really good gate horse. So I I expect him even with the one gate to to get out of there well and and go do his thing. John's on point, owned by Ron Crockett, uh, our all-time leading owner at Emerald Downs. Captain Dashy, meanwhile, drew on the outside a great colt owned by George Todaro, one of the leading owners nationally over the last couple decades. And uh, calling up John Lindley's trip notes, <laughs> uh, Tom, on Captain Dashy, it was like a book. That yeah. horse kind of had everything possible go wrong, and yet debuting in a stakes only beaten two and three-quarter lengths. Yeah, we uh, we were, uh, to start him in a stake, I, I won't do that very often unless I really think one has some ability. And he uh, 
he showed it in the morning. He had worked with John's on point a few times in the morning, and he doesn't have the natural speed that John has, but he was able to hang in there pretty good. So we knew he'd be a little off the pace horse, and he, he had a little bit of gate trouble. Uh, he got uh, just hung up a little bit early in the gate, and when he got going, he made a big run and was a little green down the lane, kind of dodging some horses in dirt, but didn't get beat too far. No. Uh, you know, get some horses with experience. So we were hoping for good things for him as we continue. And uh, we we liked the way he ran the first time. Hopefully, he'll run a little more professionally uh, after a go. Very good. Yeah. Well, if you watch the replay, which you can do at emeralddowns.com, free replays. That was July 30th, the ninth race. It was the King County Express. It was a, uh, it was a wildly run race, you know, some young juveniles. And uh, there was ins and outs. But, boy, just zooming through the shot at the end of the race was Captain Dashy down the middle of the track. He was really finishing fast. So uh, I think your assessment was undoubtedly correct. Uh, if he would have uh, spotted the field as many lengths as he did early, uh, he could have been right in there for the victory. So John's on point on the inside. Captain Dashy on the outside in the lads at six and a half furlongs. Um, and I'm sure Captain Dashy, uh, you know, closing ground the way he did, you're not worried about the distance. And uh, shoot, John's on point uh, just did not let anybody in that race. You're not, uh, this is the distance you got to run him at, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your filly in the Barbara Shinpo, another six-and-a-half stake, of course, uh, $40,000. And Sacagawea, uh, boy, I thought she ran better than looked in her career debut. She had a little bit of a rough trip, and then she just stepped forward in her most recent and uh, was much the best. So is this a filly on the improve? I you know I, I like the way she ran the second time. The first time she w- didn't break quite as cleanly and got a little bit in behind and took a little bit of dirt and a couple of horses moved in front of her a tad. So she had you know she had a couple of excuses that that first trip, Joe. And she's a kind of filly who's got a lot of natural speed, but she's willing to to do whatever you want her to do. I mean, in the morning you can take her out, work her, and. 50 or slower or worker in 47 if you want to she's comfortable doing either or and so uh yeah we're we thought she ran well she ran on one of those slower tracks when she did break her maiden so i know that the fractions that day don't look super fast but it was a deeper that's right a, a deeper track that day before it's tightened up of recent so yeah we're just taking a shot with her uh so, somewhat uh she hasn't run supposedly quite as fast as some of the others in there, but she's trained well, and and this is kind of one of the only opportunities to run a two-year-old that's already broke its maiden here. Yeah, and uh, this one owned and bred by uh, Dr. George Todaro by Indian Evening out of a real nice mare named uh, Red Rachel. And, Tom, you guys supplemented, I believe, uh, $4,000 to get in the race, correct? We did, yeah. Unfortunately, she wasn't a horse that was... We we nominated so many of the others, but she was one we probably thought would stay in California. But when everything happened last winter down there, uh, with uh, with some of the some of the things that were happening, we brought a few more of the homebreds up this year. And lucky for us, she's here. 
Sacajui is her name. Indian Evening had a short career, a son of Indian Charlie. Indian Evening, the sire of Sacajui, but he was fast. He was uh, very impressive in his, I believe, three starts. And as Vince said, Red Rachel could really run as well. Uh, I think she was something like seven four three zero in her career. So, yeah, she's a very, very fast horse. Yeah, so Dr. Tadaro breeding and owning Sacagawea. She draws nicely. Uh, she's run behind horses before, and as you mentioned, she showed some versatility, dominating up front in a maiden race when she was much the best. So, uh, And you got Eddie Martinez on both. He's the hot uh, stakes jock of late, Tom. Yeah, he sure, sure is. Hopefully that'll continue for him. He's worked for me for the last couple of years, and I really like Eddie. He can really handle a horse well. He's very good on a speed horse, and he can come off the pace if need be. And uh, He's just a really good good pilot because he's he's he uh he does a really good job you know moving horses into good spots and 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 getting them to finish so we're, we're really happy to have him on board excellent yeah tom wenzel joining us on horse racing northwest we mentioned uh Tom has the horse with the best start to a career in Emerald Downs history. He also trained a horse that owns a state record for earnings in a single Washington meeting. That would be the great face, the 2007 Longacres Mile winner. Uh, So many outstanding stakes horses through the years. Uh, Who's the best horse you've ever trained, Tom? (laughs) Put me on the spot. Probably sheer raw talent. Mm -hmm. Probably was was going to be close between... Debbie, Harvard Avenue, and the Great Face. Sure. Um, Harvard Avenue was a really talented young horse. Probably should have won her for charity here. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he had a trouble trip that day. Um, Debbie, you know, she was extremely talented horse. The California, you know, she goes eight for eight. And then our California trip, uh, a lot of things happened leading up to that race that she wasn't quite herself unfortunately which was kind of a bummer because that was the last time we got to run her but she had gotten sick on the way down there and then had some other difficulties and, and bled to release six it was just a, a tough uh yep. day that day otherwise i think she would have showed a lot better account of herself because she was really talented that mare um and then the face i never thought the great face gave me a hundred percent no i mean he was an awful good you know, just a huge amount of natural talent. Uh, looked kind of like a Seattle slew horse, big dark horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though he won the mile in a lot of races for me, I never thought that horse ever totally laid his body down uh, in the afternoon. Even though he was a very good horse on the racetrack, anyway. Yeah. Well, but he, you know, he he had a lot of natural talent that horse. Tom, you'd probably have to agree that uh, the Great Face did get competitive in that final eighth of a mile of the Long Acres Mile back in 07. Uh, definitely. I mean, he was a, he was kind of a horse that enjoyed the front end, and when he would get out there and do his thing, he he was hard to get by. He wouldn't give it up, uh, uh, especially when he made the lead. And he could run fast early and, and keep running. And uh, if you give him too easy of a lead, he was double tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was one outstanding horse and holds that state record of earnings at one meet over $292,000. Tom, uh, hey, thanks for joining us. Glad to hear that you are healthy and everything's going good and make the changes you need to. And uh, you continue to be an outstanding thoroughbred trainer with uh, some good chances at Emerald Downs on Thursday. Yeah, it's all for some good luck. Yeah, good luck, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, guys. 
Tom Wenzel joining us. He has some really good chances. Again, uh, watching the replay, that Captain Dashy was just yeah. wildly finishing. Yeah, and it's probably, you know, John's on point. A little tough draw in the one hole, but I think Captain Dashy, they have to be happy getting outside there with that horse and going six and a half. He'll have a nice long run into the first turn, only turn. And Sacagawea, as he mentioned, the track was dull yeah, when she won, was. so you can toss off those fractions, which are going to look a little slower than some of the other horses. Um, and we're going to make some picks here in a moment, but first let's do our trivia. And CJ won last week, Vince. He is uh, pretty sharp. Did you help him on this question? I did not, no. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, CJ. Which CJ, you, a great racing fan. Yeah. The question last week was... Uh, Skywalker is the only Long Acres Mile winner who went on to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, which he did both of those in 1986. But there are two horses who won the mile and were placed in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Big stuff. And it uh, not too tough of a question there, Vince. You know the answer to this one. I do. And uh, can I say it? Yeah, Bud Royale in 99 and judge angelucci in 87 i still say watching that race on the rail in 87 is about as easy a mile win as i've ever seen with the judge he was he was really a fast horse oh no kidding and uh you were working at hollywood park back at the breeders cup i remember seeing you there that day in 87 and Gosh, and Whittingham was really proud of his race, even though his other horse, Ferdinand, won over Ali Sheba. He did, and you can watch a national TV, and they're interviewing him. They're watching the TV monitor, and and, <laughs> and Ferdinand had just won one of the, won one of the epics against yes. Ali Sheba, and all Charlie kept saying, boy, look at the, look at Judge Angelucci hanging. Boy, the judge wasn't going away, and it was it kind of showed he admired that horse, too. He did, and Gary Bays had been riding him that year and came up to win the mile. Gary based in Southern Cal in 87, uh, but Eddie D did ride him in the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic. Yeah, and that is still a fun race to watch with yeah. uh, the two Derby winners hitting the wire together in the 87 oh, Classic with but, Ferdinand and Ali Sheba, just the roar of the crowd. Yeah, and uh, of course, Jeff Singara's Bud Royale ran, won the mile in 99, a lifelong dream achieved by Jeff Singara, and uh, wow, what a race he ran to Cat Thief in the 99 Breeders' Cup Classic in Florida. So, CJ got that one right. This week's question is uh, uh, on the heels of Camden High winning for Keith Swaggerty and also trainer David Martinez. David has uh, four different two-year-old winners at the current meeting, doing a real good job there. Frank Lucarelli has three. Um, but uh, one trainer who holds the record for two-year-old wins in one season at Emerald Downs. Let's have the name, and if you have the number, you're really doing good. I try and ask a question here, Vince, that isn't super easy to find the answer to because, of course, with the worldwide interweb nets, mm-hmm. uh, you can find a lot of answers. So, But apropos with the two-year-olds up this week to yeah. talk about that, yeah. Most two-year-old wins in one season in Emerald Downs history. That is our question. Send your answers into trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. CJ wins, uh, I think that was his third hat he has won this year. He's going to have plenty of sun CJ uses hats, so that's great yeah. for him. Okay, and let's go on to our picks, our final segment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Wednesday, I'm going to go to the ninth race on Wednesday, which is a solid field of older horses at one mile. We've got 10 entered. Uh, 
I've always kind of liked Pulpit's power. He's got a couple of tough beats at this meeting, but I'm going to go to Aquafrio in there. He's second off the mm-hmm. layoff, a long layoff for trainer Blaine Wright. Uh, he was working well coming into his return. It was a sprint. He got detached in that one and closed pretty well. Not really a factor in that race. It's six weeks later now, and nice works in between. I'm going to say, and he's dropping, of course, down to mm-hmm. 7,500. Uh, he's a miler. He likes two turns. Jose Zanino, second time aboard. I'm going to go Aquafrio, who you have four to one on the morning line. Race number nine on Wednesday. I remember those Aquafrio. Was it Riser who he was yeah, battling against once. there? You bet. And uh, they had a good little in-barn rivalry. Yeah. Okay, trying to still shake the slump here. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do too good last week. Neither well, you know, yeah, the ball is looking like a ping-pong ball coming up to the plate right now for me. But we'll try. we got to keep trying. Okay, Wednesday, race seven. This is a uh, non-winners of two lifetime going a mile. Interesting horse here for me is Rip and Snap. I think I didn't write down the number, Joe. You got that there? Nine to two. Is it number three? Yeah, number three. Yeah, okay. In his first out at the meet, he beat four horses that have subsequently won races Mm. at the meet, including he beat I Work for Carrots that day on the square. They battled the whole length of the stretch. I Work for Carrots has subsequently won twice. So I think Rip and Snap, you know, he hopped at the start last time. And I think on the stretch out, maybe if they send from the inside, you know, this horse is showing he can run a little bit, I think has a chance on uh, Wednesday race seven. Okay, I think you're going to get all of 9-2 to two because he's finished 7th and 10th just on that yeah. alone. But he did have a lot of trouble last time out. He's got some two-turn breeding. Jose Rodales runner, Alex Anaya aboard. Rip and snap for Vince in the 7th on Wednesday. Vince, let's... Uh, I think we're going to go man-to-man here again okay. on Thursday. Thursday's ninth race is the Shinpo. And this is a really good handicapping right. test. We didn't really talk a lot about the principles in there joe frank lucarelli has the top three choices in that race wow. time for gold patricia l and managing brianna okay and time for gold won the ngc by nine lengths in super fast time in fact i think yeah she tied the uh, emerald downs record for two-year-olds at five and a half furlongs of 102 and three and uh, she is back patricia l was real impressive and a maiden twenty-five thousand. And who's the third managing? Brianna ran second in the stake to time and, and for gold. You know what's interesting? All three of those have been offered for a price at the meet, too. Wow. In the Lucarelli barn. Yeah. So Frank Lucarelli having a tremendous season. Who'd you go to in there? Well, I'll, I'll point out one other horse in there that's interesting. Easy Silence, a first-time starter. We don't see a lot of constitutions out here, and we all know that's a great debut sire. So that'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. for Dr. Mark Domenico and Mike Puich. I'm going to managing Brianna on the outside. Okay. Uh, yeah, she got beat nine lengths last time by her stable mate, but she doesn't train particularly fast, but th- this filly shows up to run. She's shown up twice and run two really good efforts. I think going six and a half the way she's been finishing her races should be okay, and I like the outside draw on the price. So let's take one of the other Lucarelli horses here, Managing Brianna. What uh, did you put her at morning Five line? to one. Okay, Managing Brianna, Yeah. She worked her way forward in the NGC to get second there behind her stable mate. Uh, she's one on the lead. She's run well from off the pace. She's got a good post. And Jake Samuel's back for Luke Relly. I'm going to go to a second-time starter, and I know you're going to have no problem with this pick as far as a, a price play. The four-horse La Panzanella for Blaine Wright, a daughter mm-hmm. of Tale of the Cat out of Sunday Geisha by Sunday Break. Uh, that damn... 
was a stakes winner at the track. She's produced Hit It Once More, who's made over 600000 This horse was beaten by managing Brianna and, of course, the winner time for gold in the NGC. She debuted in the NGC for Blaine Wright from the two posts she broke According to trip notes, uh, too slow, and then was a little bit wide as well as many slow starters do. So she was seventh and last as a first-time starter in the stake. Time for gold, won it by nine. She ran on and ran on well. She passed several horses late, finishing third of seven in the Angie C in her career debut. I'm thinking she's a little bit of a runner. I'm going to go with her at 10 to 1. La Panzanella with Jose Zanino, second time aboard yeah. in the Shinpo. And you've got a price play in there, too, managing Brianna. Well, we could come back with egg on our face, trying to beat a horse that just dominated. But, you know, these are two-year-olds, and the, you see rapid fluctuations in improvement all the time. So, you know, it does make a little sense sometimes. You know, in, in If we're older horses, sometimes it can be foolish to try to beat a dominant horse. But these, are, these horses are still sorting themselves out. So oh. we're going to try to take on the the seven to five shot we are gonna do it and uh, you can go wherever you want we have some great handicapping tests again at emerald downs this week especially those two-year-old races on thursday first race 225 on wednesday and thursday 5 p.m pacific emerald downs wednesday and thursday thanks for listening to horse racing northwest